Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks. Uh, welcome to Season 3 of uh, Wisdom of Friends. I'm your host, Cal Ross, and today I'm really excited to be introducing you to a dear friend of mine. His name is Dr. Samir Joshi. Samir and I, we went to the same undergrad school at MIT, Manipal in India. Upon graduation, Samir uh, followed it up with an MBA program at a top business school in the UK, and then he joined Siemens, the German tech conglomerate after his MBA and went on to have a distinguished career there, holding many senior management positions and also being a member of the company's exclusive corporate top talent pool. In order to realize his business aspirations, he started his own venture in the manufacturing space, a conventional brick and mortar business. And today he owns and runs several businesses, both online and offline, including the manufacturing company he started initially, a digital marketing business, and a renewable energy consulting business. Samir is also on the advisory board of a Silicon Valley industrial technology company in Palo Alto, California. Friends, this is a fascinating conversation uh, where Samir and I catch up on our magic memories that we shared during our undergrad days and a life's journey, the successes we've had, the setbacks we've experienced, and turning our weaknesses into strengths. And this is really uh, a conversation that's got a lot of good insights for your life, for your career, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as uh, I did. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Dr. Samir Joshi. So good morning, Samir. Welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show. I'm really excited that you took the time to be on this program. And let me start off with my first impressions of you. We first met actually almost 23 years ago in our engineering college way back in India at MIT. And... Uh, what an incredible journey it's been for both of us. Uh, and I'm really super excited that uh, you're on the show uh, sharing your insta- insights as well as your life's experience. So welcome to the show. Hey, Cal, it is awesome to be on your show. Thank you very much for having me. I much appreciate it. And I'm so looking forward to it um, and, and talk to you and your audience. Thank you so much. And uh, one of the ways, Samir, uh, we start off our show with a simple uh, but profound question of our guest, and that is, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by, and how have you applied it to your life? Okay, so my favorite <coughs> quote, uh, actually, it's not quite, not a quote, actually, it is just, um, it, it's just two words, and that is, keep moving, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much as simple as that, and I have it from um, uh, from from Martin Luther King, actually, from a little video snippet of his uh, that I saw. Um, and the way it has helped me is is that um, you know I've I've uh, been through a lot of a uh, lot of ups and downs and challenges, uh, and the one thing that I found that has always um, helped me is the fact that I've 
always gotten up, brush it off after I've taken a beating anywhere, uh, any challenge or curveball life has thrown at me, and I've just kept moving. And 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 that actually is uh, you know kind of uh, kind of the theme of um, the way I have gone through uh, life and the challenges. Yeah. And the other thing is obviously because you're talking about quotes, and I don't know if this is one I heard many 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 years back that common sense is not so common. Um, uh, this is also something that has helped me understand uh, understand the lot uh, the world a lot better. No, I like that, and I think uh, what you're <laughs> referring to is keep moving is really a good metaphor for you know no matter what life's challenges uh, happen or come to you, it's really an opportunity to keep forging or keep moving forward and i think that that gives you the momentum to take on any kind of uh, challenges i really like that and i think uh, and i think the other point exactly (laughs) i totally agree with you about (laughs) common sense not being common and i think uh, that's probably uh, one of the biggest uh, you know challenges that we as a society have it's like we take it for granted No, that's great. And then um, uh, that brings up my next question. And Samir, I know that you're originally from Delhi and I was yes. from Bombay when we first uh, arrived at MIT. And, uh, you know, we spent some glorious years with some amazing yeah. experiences. Uh, and, uh, and you know, this is such a fantastic uh, sh- a platform for us to get together and reconnect after so many years. Absolutely. And, it's uh, amazing. <laughs> and, and it's funny that when we look back at our lives, we had no idea how life was going to unfold when we were in our engineering colleges. And uh, what, an, what an incredible uh, journey that you forged for yourself. And uh, just for the benefit of the audience, uh, Samir, after he graduated from uh, MIT, he went to uh, Siemens, the German tech conglomerate and then uh, he got his MBA and then he had a pretty distinguished career out there in a pretty uh, senior uh, leadership positions within the company and then now uh, he's uh, gotten uh, involved with a lot of entrepreneurial aspirations and uh, he's got a couple of uh, brick and mortar businesses with uh, plant machinery as well as online businesses. So now uh, my question to you is Samir uh, and I'm going to get into this uh, the journey that you've uh, that has unfolded for you but what I'm curious about is what did your parents do and how did that uh, shape your life? Right. So uh, what do my parents do? I mean, my father is uh, a person of the corporate world, right? He he had a long and distinguished career himself um, in the corporate world. He was on the board of, um, of, of, of a pretty big company um, uh, in, in India. And uh, a lot of what I have learned about uh, life and about corp- the corporate world, I have learned from him. And I continue to do so, although I'm not uh, active in the corporate world as I used to be. I have my own entrepreneurial activities. I have my businesses, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, But yes, so my father is from the corporate world and uh, my mother is, um, you know, she's a homemaker and continues to be one. Um, uh, to the great appreciation of all of us, um, uh, that that you know she to, to to she stayed at home and took care of me and my sister, uh, and just made sure that um, uh, you know we have a great childhood at, and, and a great home to uh, to be in. So that's uh, you know that's where my parents' um, uh, background is and where I'm coming from, and the way that it shaped me essentially is 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 that I got to know. Um, a very different aspect, you know, the, the outside world uh, seen through my father's eyes, 
um, and uh, but also the inside uh, the, the the home world the, the, the domestic base so to, so to speak the home base uh, through, through through my mother um, and I think those two very different aspects have really shaped me in substantial ways. No, that is so great. Our parents play such a big part in uh, growing up years, and uh, it seems like it certainly made a difference for your own life and your own career success. And that brings up another question, Samir. I know that after we graduated from MIT, you took a path. Uh, which is a little unconventional in the sense, uh, well, not unconventional for most uh, Indian immigrants, but you went to a business school in the UK, and then now you also hold a PhD in business studies. So tell us about your journey. Like, what made you choose academics, and what made you pursue higher studies like a PhD and a doctoral uh, program? Okay, so here's here's how it happened. So when we were doing engineering, you know, we were all so fixated and so keen about technology and making a change uh, with technology, and I loved that part, right? Uh, but I knew that something else is 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 missing, and that is the business world that I had gotten to know uh, through my father, right? So he was all the experience that I um, uh, that I got through 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 the insights that he's always sharing. So I knew that there is the business side of things, and I wanted to find out more about it. So I, I went and did an MBA program in the UK. Now um, I'm what one would call a European Indian, not so much an American one. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, obviously, um, and and you know this, um, you're you're an example of that as well. I mean, many people from from India when they um, when they go out of the country, their choice um, uh, of, of of destination is the United States. I love the U.S. Um, you know, like I said, I I, I live partly in the U.S. as well. Um, but I, I but I was really connected to Europe, so I wanted to come to Europe. And this opportunity with the Manchester Business School came up at the time. Uh, top European business school, and I said that's what I want to do. So I did my MBA program there, um, and um, and 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 I, you know, I, I went in there without any business experience, um, and it was one of the most challenging uh, times of of my life. I, I didn't know much about business; I'd heard about it, um, but I learned all these things. Uh, but after I got done, I got into um, to, to Siemens. I had a great career there, and while I was having that, um, I knew that I wanted to um, I, I wanted to develop further on this, which is why I went on a quest, um, on an academic quest, um, to figure out how small companies, um, you know, small renewal, renewable energy companies, and I was heading a renewable energy business within Siemens at the time, um, how these companies um, actually uh, benefit from or suffer from the effect of globalization. And this was actually uh, almost an academic project. And I was speaking with a professor about it. And he said to me, you know what, young man, you need to write a PhD about this. So, you know, I laughed it off uh, at that moment. But then I went back and when the wheels started churning, I said, oh, my gosh, I need to explore this topic and figure out that's what sent me on the PhD path. Um, and, you know, I, I, I couldn't know at the time how this PhD would actually turn out and how it served me. Uh, 
but this has got me to do uh, one of the things that I do now, which is I, I also teach. I, I provide business level education uh, to university level students, um, which is uh, which is something that the PhD enabled me to do in addition to all that I have done on the corporate side and continue to do on the entrepreneurial one. No, that is so great. And then uh, essentially, uh, now you're based out of Germany, is that correct? Yes, uh, my family stays in Germany. Um, so I have uh, businesses in, in Germany and in India, uh, and I'm on the board of a Silicon Valley technology company based out of Palo Alto in California. Uh, so this is how I, I, I get to spend uh, my time in any given year in India, in Germany, and in California. That's great. And so what was your thesis about uh, while doing your PhD? Was that about renewable energy as well? or? Yeah, so it was about small companies in the area of renewable energy and entrepreneurs, you know, just beginning level entrepreneurs, startup companies who are taking a lot of risk, and but they want to use renewable energy as a source of uh, transforming how the world uh, produces and but also consumes energy and these kinds of companies uh, is, uh, is is what I was looking at and also what the impact of globalization is uh, on the success of these companies. I would have thought that um, they would have a huge um, benefit from from globalization. Um, which also turned out to be the case. And I was, you know, the PhD was about uh, how correlating this level of success of the companies and the extent of their globalization. So I basically had to start with, with defining globalization in this context and also defining success in this context because success can mean different things to different companies and and making this correlation what that was what this PhD uh, was all about. What an exciting uh, journey that was. No, oh, I'm sure it must have been, and probably it took a lot of uh, commitment on your part to do yeah. that. And uh, now you also own some uh, brick-and-mortar businesses as well as uh, some online businesses. Could you share a little bit more about what these businesses do? And uh, Yes, yeah. Just, just one quick thing about the commitment. I was doing my PhD. At the time, I was having a full-time job at Siemens, and I was on a very high growth path as well. Yeah, so my my day was days and nights were really full of activity um, and and work. Uh, but there is something you know, passion drives you in ways that you can't imagine um, being driven. Uh, so just like yourself, you know, I um, we we've been talking. Uh, I know you get up early in the morning and and follow and th- do things that 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 drive your passion. Similar. In my case, I'd get up early in the morning, four or five o'clock, do research and all that kind of stuff. Um, and this is how my PhD helped me out, uh, you know, and I got done um, in, a, in a relatively short but a very, very intensive time. No, that About is my great. Business. Yeah. Sorry. No, that is that is really a good point, and I think uh, the key to productivity is uh, really what I found is to uh, you know it's the early morning hours that for me particularly that I found beneficial is the is the prime time that we got, and yeah. you know that's when the world is sleeping and you can really focus on some of your critical few objectives, and right. uh, that's really been one of the key uh, component for for my own journey of uh, being productive. So no, that's good to hear that uh, we share some of the same philosophies there, even after all these yeah. 23 years of travel. Yeah. <laughs> <From Hawaii. laughs> yeah. I, you know, the thing is, I, I, and, I, and I'll be very, very, very upfront. I don't consider myself to be the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, I'm, I'm not bad, but, you know, there are many people who I draw a lot of inspiration from. 
Um, and one of the things that um, many such, you know, brilliant people taught me at the time, and I always used to be a night person, is that they said, you know, you need to use the early morning hours. You need to become, um, you know, 5 a.m. guy or 5.30 a.m. guy, whatever your, your, your sweet spot is, find it. And, and, and use that time. So yes, absolutely. I absolutely uh, agree with what, what you just said. Quickly about my businesses, because that was your question. Um, I have a manufacturing business um, and that produces granulates out of rubber. Um, and, and these are, um, this is like, you know, plant and machinery kind of business. It's, it's, it's a factory hall with the heavy machinery in it. Uh, and it is producing little granules that are uh, the size of rice grains or even smaller, sesame seed size uh, grains, but it's rubber. And this is used as raw material um, in various industries, um, such as even road building or uh, making sports, um, uh, turfs, you know, like basketball courts or um, the layerings for that or hockey fields, uh, um, even cricket fields in, uh, in uh, you know, in, in India and in our part of the world. Um, we, it's used in, in making rubber mats or rubber molding. So it's a raw material um, uh, business um, over there. Um, yeah, it's a manufacturing business. That's, so that's one of the things. I have a renewable energy consulting business as well. So I help companies um, set up renewable energy projects. Um, and this is based purely on, on, on my experience and knowledge of the market. Um, and uh, it's a very, um, uh, very exciting field, uh, and I'm, you know, really excited about the fact that I can help companies, especially smaller ones who don't have so much of access uh, into the market, uh, to get going and, and, and really put up projects which produce uh, renewable uh, energy. Now, my um, uh, online businesses actually are an offshoot from my um, manufacturing business because to sell the rubber granulates I always wanted to not have a huge sales force uh, but I wanted to sell this uh, online as much as possible yeah um, and which is how the e-commerce uh, business started which then went on to be um, uh, you know more of a, uh, a online coaching online marketing uh, business and that's uh, the digital marketing part of my business, um, uh, which I have uh, been able to grow over the years, and uh, that's you know it's doing really well, um, and I'm really excited about that. So those are the businesses that I'm in. No, that is so great, and it seems like uh, I can see a method to the madness in terms of uh, that you've chosen careers, you've chosen uh, projects that really uh, has you know you've been able to leverage your experience, your background working at. Uh, Siemens, as well as your uh, fascination for business and also technology uh, as your undergrad, which uh, played an in uh, instrumental uh, part in your success. And so it seems like what you're up to now is uh, manufacturing with uh, rubber granulates and also your own uh, consulting business for small uh, uh, entrepreneurs and small businesses and mid-sized businesses for uh, to enable them to go green and then right. also the e-commerce business. So it seems like you really uh, uh, are creating a nice vertical there, if you will, for uh, you know, for businesses to succeed at all levels. Now, that's okay. that's so great. And uh, so my my next question to you, Samir, is uh, when you look back at your life up until now, you know, we've all had these moments in our life, the strategic inflection points, if you will. You know, uh, what were your breakthrough success moment for you? You know, the moment that 
totally turned things around or the turning point in your life that life was never the same again moment okay life is never again the same so you know changes in location have always played a huge part in completely transforming um the way i have looked at a place yeah and how my life has become uh, thereafter so one of the transitions that i uh, that i had is um after i you know started my business studies um this was in manchester as a really confident uh, you know i went in there really confidently uh, and, and that I'd, you know do well and all that kind of stuff um and in the first few weeks i i, I was close close to a, close to a breakdown to depression right i said i said this is something that is unsurmountable uh for me this is just too much of new stuff and and i actually don't know anything um in this area and uh what what really happened is is that one of my professors um and i really you know i'm really grateful to him until today uh he took me to the side and he said you know what i think you're being a bit too hard on yourself just break this down into smaller bite-sized pieces and start taking one thing at a time one day at a time and this was after you know i was i i, I was close to just just going crazy yeah and um after that conversation things really started changing and i started seeing light um uh, at the end of the tunnel it was really that dark uh, for me that i said you know i need to get out of here um i am new to this country i'm i'm new to this area i'm new to um uh, new new to business as such you know coming from a technological background um and and, and that really helped me that really transformed me uh, fundamentally um but change of location and change of country i believe has actually played um played the most uh, m- most important uh, part especially that of leaving india i'm a first generation immigrant just like you are right and uh, leaving india um uh, i always uh, feel that i started taking life very very um uh, well not seriously uh, but but very keenly uh, and positively after i left india before that um i was looking at it from kind of a uh kind of um how shall i say uh, kind of a perspective that would get me to uh, believe that everything is uh, ideal in the world and it's not yeah the world mm-hmm. is not an ideal place um and 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 this this that transformation basically um gave me a lot of perspective and that holds on uh, within me until today Now that's really a great share right there because I think uh, one of the things and I totally resonate with what you just shared because oftentimes these uh, change of locations like spe- especially if you're an immigrant uh, like you and I were uh, early on uh, when we started our journey uh, that the struggles the challenges and uh, the you know it takes something to get used to a different environment it takes something to adapt to a different culture it takes something to be uh, able to blend into a whole another dynamic that if you're not used to uh, it takes some adjustments but i think what that also allows in the long run is it gives uh, gives you the edge because now you figured out a way to uh, not only bring your work ethic and hard work but uh, there are ways that you're bringing a perspective 
that uh, you know a lot of other people may not have, having right. come from a different environment. And I think that's what they call it, the immigrant's edge. And if you look at all the businesses in the Silicon Valley, I know you're on the board of directors of one of the firms here. Yeah, uh, it's it's that's that's why entrepreneurs and immigrants end up starting all these incredible uh, out of the box thinking businesses and yeah. uh, to become successful. No, that is such a great point. Uh, yeah. Now, the other question that brings up is uh, when you look at your life up until now, right? Uh, what are, and most of the guests we've had on the show so far, you know, they've had challenges, they've had uh, setbacks. But one of the ways uh, that I've noticed something about these incredible people who've been extraordinarily successful is that they do not look at failures as failure. They do not look at setbacks as something that stops them permanently. They take that as an opportunity and use it as a stepping stone for even bigger challenges. So my question to you is, what is your favorite failure? And what I mean by that is a failure uh, in retrospect, when you look back, really was actually a disguise in, uh, you know, blessing in disguise, right? It turned into a major success down the road. Was that something that comes to mind? I think I lost audio there. Oh, did you? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. So, yes, yes, something does come to mind. Uh, Yes, I have something that comes instantly to mind and um, it came to me as a complete complete disguise you know after I got done with my MBA program I had two things in mind I was you know in my early 20s um, I think 23 years old um, and I wanted to uh, I, I just had either investment banking in mind or consulting right management consulting mm-hmm. in mind and especially investment banking and uh, I got several offers from uh, big London banks uh, they wanted to Um, you know, want me to join the investment banking group over there. Um, And uh, I was really excited about it. Now, the thing was, I didn't have a work permit. Okay, I had an Indian passport. Um, I didn't have a work permit. They needed to arrange all these things for me. And that was a long and tedious process. Um, So I had to make a decision. Yeah, the the other thing that I wanted to do was to join Siemens, um, which was actually not uh, my first choice, yeah? It was not my first choice. So actually I started off being a bit um, disappointed that my first choice of joining an investment bank has actually not come through. Yeah, can you, I, I don't know if you can relate to, um, uh, to, to that kind of a situation where I was waiting for my work permit to come, I have an, a job offer in hand, but I can't start working because uh, I can't start working. So I had to kind of bite the bullet and go and work for um, the internal consulting group of Siemens, which is a superb position uh, to be in, in actually, but I didn't see it at the time. I didn't know how to um, see the appreciation that was the, the, the opportunity that was being um, provided to me. So I went there with a kind of a you know bittersweet uh, taste in my mouth saying that, you know, actually I've just come to my second best option. But now that when I look at it, that has probably been one of the best things that happened to me at the time. So the failure of not being able to go into an investment banking career, um, and I don't know how it would have been, uh, how it would have been, or how it would have turned out 
uh, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you, you can only have one shot uh, at, at, at doing something that you uh, that you're doing. So I know this part, and I'm so glad that it has turned out fantastically well uh, for me. And what I saw as a failure at the time. Um, that I couldn't um, join in the investment bank for reasons that were totally beyond my control um, at the time. Um, I, I, I went ahead and I had a fantastic growth path in uh, in a company that was um, uh, th that was not all that uh, familiar, uh, and 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 especially a country uh, that was uh, that, that was not so familiar to me because I didn't speak much German when I came here. Uh, I had to teach myself um, a German, and uh, people ask me how I speak German uh, or how I, where I learned German, and I always tell them the story that the Siemens headquarters are in Munich, and uh, the business here starts in October, and that's when the Munich Oktoberfest is. So I used to go to the Oktoberfest and uh, talk to all kinds of people over there um, without any inhibitions, and that's how I learned German. Um, essentially, so people ask me, "Where did you learn German?" <laughs> I say, "I learned it at the Oktoberfest." <laughs> I learned it at the October, which is true, actually. It's a pretty unconventional um, way of learning, but for sure, my what I considered to be a failure at the time that I could not uh, work in London because of work permit reasons um, actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. I was able to make, uh, a, you know, have a great career. Uh, at, at, at Siemens over the years uh, there, th thereafter. Incidentally, after a few months after I joined, the work permit did, did come through. I went and also got it stamped onto my passport <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but after, uh, after, uh, after I had it, I said, now I need to uh, give it a cool thought. And I said, I've started on this journey. I am with Siemens. It's really difficult. I don't know anybody in Germany. I don't know anybody in Munich. It can be a pretty cold city. Cold, not temperature-wise, but um, as far as you, you know, getting connection to the society is concerned. Um, but it turned out to be one of the best things uh, that could have happened to me. No, that is so great. And I, I like your sharing right there. And I can also relate to that because, uh, you know, having the work permits and having the visas uh, early on as a student and as an employee. And then, uh, you know, it is it takes uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, luck to be on your side. And it seems like, uh, you know, this thing, this new career path that you carved for yourself uh, with Siemens worked out really in your benefit. And uh, that's led to what you're doing today. So, no, that's really great. Uh, so yeah. speaking about German, uh, how fluent are you in German from a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> I'm given to believe I'm native speaker level. That is so great. I am sure. Uh, so you've been a uh, fan of some uh, beers as well, German beers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I stopped drinking uh, substantial amounts of alcohol um, several years back. But, uh, but until then, yes, I, I very much used to be. <laughs> yeah, and especially the Munich brands, uh, especially the ones that are at Oktoberfest. Um, here's a little trivia. Uh, the Oktoberfest in Munich is uh, is a very uh, well-visited and celebrated uh, event, annual event here in Germany, very traditional as well. But uh, you have to be a brewery located in Munich to be able to be at the Oktoberfest um, and, and, and to be, you know, selling beer over there. So um, I know the Munich brands uh, really, really well, at least I used to when I was uh, when I was a bit more involved. Let's put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, the next question for you, Samir, is uh, I know we both uh, went to the same uh, university back in India. Now, do you? Is there any uh, specific mentors that you want to give a shout out to that comes to mind, or what? 
Well, who inspired you uh, early on in life in terms of teachers, professors, or anybody? And who inspires yeah. you today? Right. So um, the thing is that I found that mentors change and the role models change as your phases of life progress. Yeah, so they're uh, really, you know, I can't pinpoint on, 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 on one particular person, but I can talk in phases, uh, if that's okay for you. Sure, yeah. So, so when I was, you know, when I was growing up, my father was my role model, and to to very large extent, he still is. Yeah, his business acumen, his um, uh, all all the things that he's uh, that that he's taught me and continues to teach me. Um, like every son, you know, um, or most son who have the opportunity and the fortune to do so, uh, you know, we look up to our fathers, and that's exactly um, uh, what I did as well. And uh, and I got a lot of a uh, lot of input. Uh, from there. Uh, I grew up studying music or doing a lot of music, Indian music. Um, so I used to look up to um, Indian musicians, uh, you know, very famous ones. Ravi Shankar is one of them. Um, and and, and to, to see how they um, reached out with their message and reached out to the masses with their message of music. So I used to take a lot of inspiration from them. In the corporate world, um, the, my, the name that instantly comes to me is Jack Welch. He used to be a former GE um, a CEO. Uh, I've taken so much inspiration. He's actually a big competitor of Siemens as well. I don't work for Siemens anymore, uh, but uh, you know Siemens and GE uh, have been traditional competitors, um, and I've taken a lot of inspiration from Jack, his work, his message, um, and, and 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 how how he transformed many uh, many things. And 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 as li- as as life has uh, progressed um, on the entrepreneurial side, obviously uh, there are so many entrepreneurs, um, even very charismatic ones um, out there who I continue to take inspiration from but I also see my spiritual side uh, opening up since the past past uh, past five or seven years intensively so and especially people of peace um, uh, come to, to come to mind such as the Mahatma or, uh, or, or or Martin Luther King or his holiness the Dalai Lama uh, you know, these people are the ones who I take a lot of inspiration um, in this stage. No, it's uh, really great. And some of these are uh, some of my mentors as well in terms of looking up to and what they've accomplished and what they've uh, contributed to life and society. Uh, these are really great historical figures as well. Uh, my next question to you is, uh, you know, having gone through the ebb and flow of life, Samir, and uh, seen uh life at different uh, perspectives uh, as an immigrant as well as now uh, a resident of Europe and having traveled to the U.S. What now is your definition of a successful life or a good life at this point in your life? Wow. Success. Okay. So success is usually defined as achieving a goal or purpose. Now, this might be a bit unusual, but I have found that finding one's purpose uh, especially for the more driven ones amongst us. Uh, you know, the act or event of finding one's purpose is what I define as success. Um, I went through uh, a large part of my adult life until now not knowing what my purpose is. Uh, now that I do, um, I find uh, that finding your purpose is what I define 
to be success. It might not sound very tangible, um, but it is probably one of the most tangible things uh, that one can experience. Many people go through life without experiencing this success. But I think finding one's purpose um, is my definition of success. No, I like that. That is such a such a unique answer, and I haven't heard anybody share that before. Now, because I think uh, what what you're saying here is beautiful. Because once you identify what your calling is, once you identify what your purpose in life is, because then everything falls into play. Because now you are yeah. on a mission. You're on a you have this incredible passion to pursue a path that no matter what kind of challenges or obstacles come along, you are you will transcend this. You'll go around it. You'll you'll exactly. try to go over it or whatever you need to do to get to your uh, to accomplish your mission. And I think that's such a such a great point. So, and this is a perfect segue for us to get into our next section, uh, which is uh, some of the questions that we receive from the audience. And uh, so, the follow up to that previous question is: so, tell us if somebody is looking to find their passion, Samir, what would you advise them as to how should they go about finding their calling? How should they go about finding their purpose in life? I think um, I can even. Uh, I think the best way to answer this is uh, sharing my own story. And um, I found my passion by looking within and uh, looking at things that I really love to do. Really just finding out for yourself what you love to do and something that would help others become better versions of themselves. This can be technology, this can be art, this can be cooking, this can be anything, yeah, but just finding what you really love and uh, and then deciding to do that and at the, the same time really blocking out what society and surroundings are telling you. I think that is the way to find out what your passion is. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm a real person. I've made, uh, uh, there are a lot of vulnerabilities here. Um, I haven't followed really the ideal path to get here. But in the beginning, I did believe uh, a lot of what society was telling me uh, was right for me. That's not necessarily the right way. I would never, you know, uh, pass this further to my, my, to my own son. I'd, you know, tell him, find out what you love. Find, ask yourself what you find the best motivation, peace, and drive in. Uh, and the success, don't worry about the success. It will come when you see the passion, um, uh, that the passion is there. And, and that's actually the way to find what your passion is. You need to look within. No, that is so great. And I think uh, one of the exercises that I did uh, a while ago that really helped me quite a bit as well was really making a list of the things that make me happy. And, yeah, uh, yes, very and, good. Exactly. And, and then what I did after that is, and there's a second step to it that's really important as well. Once you have a list of like, you know, 25 plus things that makes you happy, then take those items and schedule it on your calendar. And uh, follow that calendar and honor that calendar uh, like you would with any other task, and that would make that would make a profound difference in your quality of your life because now you're doing the things that makes you happy and you have it on exactly. your calendar. And uh, and so that's one way I've noticed that to really alter the state of mind to be more in a joyful, happy state. And if you're happy, you can make people around you happy as well. And I think the other aspect of it that I found incredibly uh, uh, useful in this regard is, you know, when you set a goal, 
it's equally important to know why you're doing it. It's that Simon Sinek thing is, you know, the people really want to know why. The why is more important than the what and the how. And I totally, exactly. and I totally agree with that because I think the idea here is, you know, the, the way to ask that question is, you know, what is it about this particular thing that is important to me? And kind mm-hmm. of like drill down like seven layers if you can. And I think that can really help you find your mission and your the reason for doing anything. And uh, so that's that's so great, Samir. And then <laughs> uh, uh, my next question to you is, uh, are there any specific books that uh, you've read or reread over the years or gifted it to others? Any- yes, I have. Um, actually, this might be a bit unusual, uh, but there is a book. You know, because of my PhD, I came across thousands and thousands of books, um, uh, but I did not find the answers that I was looking to many questions uh, that, that that I needed answers for. But there is a book by an Australian uh, guy called Gregory David Roberts, and his book's called Shantaram. Oh, that's Have you heard of this? Yes, I've heard of it, and I know that... Uh they were planning on making a movie out of it as well at some point. I don't know if it's still in the works or, uh, but no, that's such a, that's a great, and we'll add that to our show links for the benefit of the audience. Any, any other books, uh, that comes to mind? Yes. I mean, obviously think and grow rich, uh, by Napoleon, Napoleon Hill. Hill. Yes. I've, I've, I've gone through it several times, the science, um, of uh, getting rich, um, this is, um, uh, this is another really, uh, favorite book of mine. Um, and, and, and richness not in the wealth uh, terms, you know, this is not how I, I, I would define it, but, but just, uh, just how, to read, uh, re- how to lead a more enriched life is, is, is what, 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 the, what the message is um, in this. And, and these, are, these are the books that, uh, that instantly come to mind and have, um, you know, uh, given these to people uh, to read. Um, not my own copy, obviously. I have a lot of notes in it. <laughs> I scribble a lot of notes in it. <laughs> But, uh, but 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 I but I gift it uh, to whoever I can, uh, or give these books uh, to whoever I can. And there is a lot of philosophy. It needs to be real. It needs to be um, uh, a bit detached from, uh, from 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 what we can see. Uh, just 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 with 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 a, with a normal view. Uh, but at the same time, um, it needs to bring whoever is reading it a, a, a step further. That's what I look for when I'm uh, going for a book. No, that's great. And we'll include that in our show links here. And uh, so the next question is, what was the best piece of advice you've received in life? In life? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I understand that's a pretty uh, broad question there. But yeah, what's the first thing that comes to mind? In life? Be committed and be patient. Mm. That's the first thing. No, I, I the like sec- that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the second one, and and you don't mind me being a bit uh, a real life uh, type. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm a real life person, and uh, you know these are uh, these are also some um, some things that expose um, uh, expose vulnerabilities. And and the other quote is, or the other advice is, um, there are no permanent friends or no permanent enemies. There are always permanent interests, mm, and 
This is this this is more uh, this this is more uh, more of, uh, of about this helped me in um, especially in in a corporate context um, immensely so um, and I know that um, it's it's a very controversial um, controversial state of mind uh, to have. I first in the beginning I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to live by it. Uh, but uh, I was taught these lessons of life, uh, and and I said, oh my gosh, yeah, that 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 advice that I got at the time was really telling me exactly this. No, that is that is I like that. That is such a beautiful and a powerful insight right there. I think I think it's a, it's a nugget of gold right there. Thank you for sharing, Samir. <laughs> sure. And then. Um, the other question that comes to mind is, and let's say this is a hypothetical uh, situation and we had a time machine, and if we could go back in time, Samir, and talk to your young self, let's say your mm-hmm. young 19, 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? Yeah. The first is stay away from Cal Arras, because that's <laughs> when I got to know you. <laughs> <laughs> and life was never the same again. <laughs> Life was never the same again, right? <laughs> it's interesting that that resonates with you so well, yeah. <laughs> you don't expect the answer, but to come back to to come back to your uh, to your question, if if there were a time machine and this builds builds upon something that I was mentioning earlier, I would tell myself just like I would tell my son now is do what you love and not what everyone else thinks you should do. Mm, no, this is what I would tell myself. This is what I would tell a younger version of myself. Do what uh, you love. Yes, I, I like that. It's, it's really going back to following your purpose and discovering your passion and uh, going for it. No, that's, exactly. that's great. And then moving on to our next section, uh, Samir, this is a rapid fire round. And... Uh, and this is where I'm going to ask you a bunch of fun questions, and it's yeah. the first response that comes to mind. And so uh, if, if you feel a need to elaborate on it, please feel to do so. But again, this is the rapid fire round. So, Samir, are you ready? Yes, I am. Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right. So, you're number one, the first question, what's your favorite music band? Music band, the Beatles. <laughs> okay. Number two, whose brain would you like to pick? The Mahatma Gandhi's. Number three, do you believe in magic? No. Number four, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? What's your definition of God? Mm. I'm not asking you. This is the question I would ask. (laughs) (laughs) You think I was asking you for your definition? (laughs) No, that is great. Okay. And the, the next question... Uh, what color describes you best? Light blue. Mm. And the next question, if you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be? The Big Bang. Oh, wow. Wow. That's spoken like a true engineer. <laughs> okay, and then the final question within the rapid fire round, and this is, if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? This is off script, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to think a little bit (laughs) here. 
<laughs> okay, I think I know what it is. Could you repeat that question? Sure. If you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? I read this on a billboard, um, and I'll uh, share that. And it said, "Live life, king size." Mm. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I think it was what Will cigarettes or gold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what it was. I, I, I wouldn't go 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 behind what it was. But I'd say live life king size. I like that. And I think uh, that that's a beautiful one. And then the other one that one of my favorites is living large in charge. You know, that's there you go. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that's what I would. Uh, that's what comes straight to mind. That is beautiful. Awesome. And then moving on to our next uh, and the wrap up section, the final section of this uh, interview here. And that is the wrap up section. And I've got three final questions for you, Samir. The first one is, what is your current personal or business passion project? And what are you looking forward to in the next six months to a year from now? Okay, so my current passion project is that I am um, taking my offline, the brick and mortar, the rubber granulate business uh, to its next level. Uh, the company is undergoing uh, transition and turnaround, uh, and I want to put this on the next footing so that we can uh, get to the next stage of um, uh, B2B uh, relationships with uh, our many uh, customers. So this is something that, uh, that I'm following intensively right now. Um, and coupled with uh, this, but on a slightly different note, uh, I, I probably shared with you, I've been called upon by an esteemed uh, business school here in Germany um, to be a professor of strategic management. And in the next six months, this is a very big deal in the German society, um, at least if you are, you know, if you are in, working in, 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 in a corporate structure or if you are an entrepreneur, uh, that if, you, if, if a university calls you to, uh, to, to, to teach, Students, this is this is considered to be a pretty big deal here. Um, so I want to do that um, and uh, prove to myself that I can be as successful in a classroom environment in sharing my insights um, as um, as I'm so grateful and blessed to be uh, in the business and in the entrepreneurial world. So these are the two things that I'm following uh, right now. I just got done with a product launch. This was for my digital marketing um, business. So I, I have that behind me now. Um, it went off really well. Um, but now I'm looking forward to these these two things uh, on the business side and also on the education side. No, that is fantastic. And I wish you all the best uh, with your endeavors and projects. And, Thank you. Uh, and the next question is uh, the three things you're grateful for in life. Wow. Three things. Um, the list is long, um, but let's talk about uh, these uh, three things. Um, the first thing that um, comes to mind is um, obviously one would take this for granted, but to be alive, <laughs> and to be breathing and to be in good health. I am really, really grateful uh, for this. Um, the second thing is um, being a father. And uh, there in the role, not just of a procreator um, and, uh, and, and a provider, but also the receiver of, um, 
uh, of, of love and appreciation uh, from your own child. This is something that is uh, uh, that, that I'm really, really grateful for. Um, and the third thing is um, broader, much broader, and that's experiencing love um, and both giving and receiving uh, love. I came across many people uh, who haven't uh, had the uh, possibility of experiencing uh, love uh, other than you know from from their parents or siblings or uh, things like that. Um, you know, I consider myself to be really fortunate and grateful uh, for these uh, three things. But like I said, the list is long. These are the first things that come to mind. Well, that's beautifully said, and uh, it's very inspiring as well. And uh, so I want to acknowledge you, Samir, for a few things here. Uh, The first thing that I find uh, very inspiring is just an incredible journey that you took uh, right from our MIT days all the way to starting on this opening up frontiers and trailblazing your way to like the top echelons of corporate success and not only being satisfied there but continuously working on improving yourself pursuing uh incredible academics in terms of going after your phd and then taking that to the next level with starting a business and then now launching a business and really being a consultant to many other businesses as well and then this is like the the amazing thing that you're doing is taking all of that to the next level by being a professor at, uh, at a university back in Germany. And that's that's such a incredible, inspiring journey that we all can learn from as to what is possible when you can really uh, keep moving forward, keep on moving. And uh, Thank you. No, that's, Thank you. That's so kind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> And one final question, and this is yes. how we wrap up all our interviews, and that is, why do you think people should listen to Wisdom of Friends? Wisdom of Friends, your channel. Yes. This is the easiest of the... This, you should have asked me this right up front in the beginning, because this is the most easy question to answer, according to me. And the answer is because it is awesome. And I'm not blowing powder sugar up anybody's whatever or no honey down the throat over here. Um, Cal, you have reason to be really, really proud of what you have achieved uh, with the work that you do. This is just fantastic. I draw so much inspiration um, from Wisdom of Friends. I listen to the interviews. They are so inspiring. Um, and, and I feel really honored that, you know, you asked me to uh, come onto your show because the, the kinds of stories that I've heard there and, and uh, you know, the podcasts and the, all the messages that I've uh, gotten from them, they have changed fundamentally many of the ways um, uh, that I look at things as well. And what's true for me um, why shouldn't it be true for others as well? So absolutely, you know, anybody who's listening to this and anybody who comes across your channel, um, and also, the, you know, especially the ones uh, who don't, uh, they have to, you, you've got to listen to Wisdom of Friends because I really think it's, it's awesome content there. It's genuine. Um, and uh, just like this interview, I mean, you, you know, we, we're not, uh, we, we're looking at things that people have gone through, their stories, um, of, of regular people um, and uh, who, who, who have uh, translated or converted their 
uh, even weaknesses uh, in, 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 into strengths and, and sharing their stories. I take so much inspiration from that um, and, and I'd really recommend anybody to listen to it. Great. Thank you for that feedback, Samir. I appreciate it. And again, uh, I valued our conversation this morning and I really, uh, really admire uh, appreciate the fact that you took the time to dial in uh, from Germany for this uh, podcast. So really a pleasure to have you on the show. And for those of us who's listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.